I want to take a second to remind you to sign up for the Poso Daily Brief. It is completely free. It'll be one email that's sent to you every day. You can stop the endless scrolling trying to find out what's going on in your world. We will have this delivered directly to you totally for free. Go to humanevents.com slash Poso. Sign up today. It's called the Poso Daily Brief. Read what I read for show prep. You will not regret it. Humanevents.com slash Poso. Totally free. The Poso Daily Brief. This is what happens when the fourth turning meets fifth generation warfare. A commentator, international social media sensation, and former Navy intelligence veteran. This is Human Events with your host, Jack Posobiec. Deliver us from evil. This morning, outcry in Alabama. The state's largest hospital stopping all IVF procedures. Google's new uh, chatbot, Gemini. It's not keen to generate images on white people. When asked to do so, it flatly refused. But when asked to produce images of black people, it quickly produced images of Obama and Oprah and uh, did the same for Native Americans and for Asians. There is out there a deliberate undermining of mainstream media. As vice president, he acted in a corrupt scheme with his son, Hunter Biden. That has been, was the basis of the FBI informant Alexander Smirnov's testimony. And that has been the cause of his indictment, saying that uh, the FBI and DOJ saying that he essentially made all that up. And that could be the source of Russian disinformation. What the White House is floating here would be a return to the Trump border policy in one very significant respect. It would deter migrants from coming to the U.S. by restricting access to the overloaded asylum program. Maricopa County attorney Rachel Mitchell slammed Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg during a Wednesday news conference where officials discussed the arrest of 26-year-old murder suspect Rod Almansori. Mitchell announced that her team will not cooperate with Bragg because she says he can't be trusted to keep Almansori behind bars. If I am elected co-chair of the RNC, we are going to have out of control, like we've never seen in America, voter registration, legal ballot harvesting all over this country. We are going to have to play this game so much better than the Democrats that we leave nothing to chance. Are you ready to step into the role and do whatever the I country would need? absolutely ready. But thank God our president is in good shape and good health and is ready to lead in our second term. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, live from CPAC. We are here. Today is February 22nd, 2024. Anno Domini. I have a question. Do we have any patriots in the house? I'm going to do it. I can't hear you. I said, do we have any patriots in this house? All right, one or two, one or two, maybe. We got Kay Poso out there. We got everyone. We got Grace Riley's here. What's up, everybody? What's up, CPAC? Folks, I'm here to tell you that we've got receipts from inside the Biden White House itself, and the Biden White House is pressing the panic button. And no, I don't mean that the dog just bit his 25th Secret Service agents or that Joe Biden fell down getting out of the shower again. You remember that story, by the way? He fell down out of getting out of the shower. It was a little, a little weird. No, listen to this. I've got this from a trusted staffer inside Biden's own White House. The amount of attitude going on around the age ordeal is ridiculous. Everyone is catching strays. 
It's not the shade war anymore. The insults between Team Kamala and Team Biden out of a fever pitch. Advisors who should be talking to each other in a presidential year, they're refusing to talk each other. And Biden's own cabinet is starting to lose confidence in him. Secretary Fudge, Secretary Cardona, Avril Haines, Granholm, Halland, the next dominoes to fall. There are actually people in Biden's cabinet, according to this, that are discussing the 25th Amendment, which, as we all know, it would be loved to see. But are you folks ready for President Kamala Harris, the first female president? What do you guys think? President Kamala Harris? <laughs> do you want Kamala Harris to be the first female president of the United States of America? No, 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 no. We do not want that at all. But folks, Jill Biden, she's been trying to prop this thing up. She can't prop it up anymore because that wood is rotten and we know it's not getting any better. This is like a Christmas tree in March. All right. And you know when it's time to haul that Christmas tree out to the trash truck. We know what's happening. Pickup day is coming. It's Thursday. That's actually trash day at the Poso household. So we had to do the trash this morning. As you can tell, I'm thinking about that. It's a dad joke, by the way. Now, folks. We understand what's going on right now. And to everybody here, everybody that's watching back at home, I want everyone to be steely-eyed on this. They are going to prop this Weekend at Bernie's type candidate back into office if we let them so that they continue the pillaging of our once great nation and the destruction of our once great cities. And I say no. I say it's time for us to put Donald J. Trump back in office so we can finish the job that he started all the way back in 2016. We'll be right back here with more from CPAC. Matt Boyle from Braveheart is about to join us. Let's keep the energy going, folks. Woo. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the best ways that you can support us here at Human Events and the work that we do is subscribing to us on our Rumble channel. Make sure you're subscribed, you hit the notifications so you'll never miss a clip, you'll never miss a new live episode and we're putting them out every single day of the week. In the hood I rolled with bloods and then boys had a saying. You can't be listening to all that slappy whack, trimatazala, bam ship, nippy bam bam, like human events with Jack Posobiec. Woo! All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. We're live. We're here at CPAC 2024, the return of the United States of America. We're not building a movement. We're building a new future for our country. Real quick, I want to tell you about today's episode sponsor. For 10 years, Patriot Mobile has been America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. And when I say only, trust me, they're the only one. Glenn Story and the team over there have been great supporters of human events. That's why I'm proud to partner with them. Patriot Mobile offers dependable nationwide coverage, giving you the ability to access all three major networks, which means you get the same coverage. Yes, even today, with everything going on, even for you other coverage users, you could get it today with Patriot Mobile. You know also that you're supporting freedom of speech, religious liberty, the sanctity of life, the Second Amendment, our military, our veterans, our first responder heroes. This is a 100% U.S.-based customer service team that speaks English. 
Keep your number, keep your phone or upgrade. Their team will help you find the best uh, plan for your needs. Just go to patriotmobile.com slash POSO. Free activation, you know, powerful promo code POSO. Join me, make the switch today, patriotmobile.com slash POSO. That's patriotmobile.com slash POSO. I am joined with the Washington Bureau Chief of Breitbart News, Matt Boyle. Matt, introduce yourself to this crowd of wonderful, attractive, handsome, beautiful, good-looking patriots, and tell them what you're all about. Yeah, look, uh, so I run all of politics coverage for Breitbart. So uh, we're uh, arguably one of the biggest conservative media outlets out there. Uh, What we do is we go, I have a team of reporters and editors. What we do is we go out there, we we chase down stories and uh, stuff that's happening at the White House, stuff that's happening in Senate races, the presidential race, uh, the uh, uh, any political story out there that you can think of. Everything that you see on Breitbart, uh, I'm involved in all the politics. One of the best of it, source so, men yeah. in politics, particularly when it comes to the Hill. Now, let me ask you this contention that I have that they are hitting the panic button inside the White House. What are you hearing on that front, and what are you seeing out of the Democrats are trying to put up this unified front, but I believe we are seeing the cracks in the dam. Yeah, no, I think that's right. The special counsel report from uh, special counsel her uh, was absolutely brutal. So Biden's own Justice Department is saying in an official document that Joe Biden is not competent enough to stand trial for the crimes that he clearly committed with the documents at his house strewn around the garage, around the Corvette, and in the boxes. Uh, and that, by the way, Biden repeatedly lied. That's the, the other thing. The, the, the facts about the way that he was careless in handling the documents are so damning in there that he should be charged with a crime. His own Justice Department is saying they aren't going to do that because he doesn't have the mental fitness to stand trial. So as such... How can you be president of the United States? How can you have the nuclear launch codes? Uh, all of these things are real serious problems for them. And Democrats, are, I, I think, are starting to come to the realization that they're either going to have to continue with the charade, as you were saying in the opening there, the propping up a weekend at Bernie's type candidate, or they're going to have to go to a plan B. And uh, the, the mechanism for that is... Uh, the, there's only one person left running against Joe Biden. This guy is not going to be president of the United States. His name is Dean Phillips. He's a congressman from Minnesota. So the only way that they can get rid of him is he agrees to step aside or they do it at the convention. No, is there there is some precedence for this because we've actually seen Democrat candidates not even that long ago, uh, just in historical settings. Uh, do this because LBJ, LBJ opted not to run for re-election as a sitting president, but he did that prior to the convention, correct? Right. And so there were opportunities for other candidates to be out there running. You had Bobby Kennedy out there running, et cetera. So the the filing deadlines have passed. It's too, right. It's too late for a candidate to step in and run against Joe Biden. Which, by the the way, we we have to point out the historical symmetry of that because LBJ dropped out when he was sitting president when Robert F. Kennedy Sr. was running the first time. Now we've got a sitting Joe Biden who may not run again and Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Mm, is currently... The symmetry is amazing. Right, it absolutely is. So the, the only mechanism left is either Biden agrees voluntarily to step aside and Kamala becomes the president and the candidate, or there is a mass revolt among Democrat superdelegates at the Democrat National Convention 
whereby they throw it to either Kamala or somebody else. This was the CPAC panel that I did earlier with Monica Crowley and Kurt Schlichter and Larry O'Connor where we were talking about this. Uh, there's a lot of people out there, Monica's one of them, who thinks that uh, Michelle Obama is going to come out of nowhere and be the candidate. But even if it isn't her, and by the way, the last time I was with President Trump at, at the end of December down at Mar-a-Lago, we talked about exactly this. President Trump is thinking, he said this in our interview, that he won't be facing either Biden or Kamala. So what Trump thinks happens is... So, Joy, I'm going to say that again. President Trump thinks that the candidate will not be Biden or Kamala Harris. What right. is he thinking? So he thinks that what they're going to do is they're going to either... Uh, Biden's going to either voluntarily step aside or be pushed aside. Uh, and then at the convention, they're going to try to throw it to Kamala. Again, the deal that made Biden president, that gave him the Democrat nomination and made him the president eventually, was the deal with Jim Clyburn in South Carolina for the black, uh, black vote. Uh, Jim Clyburn, in exchange for uh, delivering South Carolina to Joe Biden in 2020 in the primary. Originally, they wanted Klobuchar. Right. They, they made Joe Biden agree to pick a black woman as vice president. And Joe Biden upheld his end of the bargain. He picked Kamala Harris. So Kamala Harris... I, I would be the person that they try to throw it to at the convention first. But Trump thinks that they're going to fail in that she won't be able to get the votes on the floor of the convention of a contested convention to be able to get there. So hold and on. Then so hold on. Let's, let's talk a, a process. Let's talk process. So if Joe Biden says that he will not run and then opens the convention up to you know, essentially a contested convention, an open right. convention, then how does it work from that point? Well, if Joe Biden's not running, then uh, because he's the only candidate with delegates going into the convention, right. what ends up happening is, is that the delegates have to then coalesce behind a majority. So behind the delegates somebody are released. Else. I believe so. I, I like it's very complicated. We're in kind of uncharted waters right. here, right? Like, so uh, do they have to do what Joe wants? Like, does Joe tell the delegates to go vote for Kamala, or do they have to do, follow through on that, or do they say we we aren't going to pick Kamala because you know she's not very good at her job? I don't know. Like, so these are serious things. Uh, I don't know the answer to that. Uh, but at the same time, Democrats are really, really worried about what happens down ticket, right? Like, so they're worried about the impact that what is going on at the top of the ticket has on the bottom of the ticket. And this is something that you've yeah. been great on that no one else is talking about because we have House races in every single district of the country. We've got Senate races, so a third of the seats are up. And the Democrats are very, very worried, number one, about the presidency, but number two, about the U.S. Senate, and then they've got the entire House up as well. Right. So now the, the House is, it, it's kind of looking better for the Democrats than the, it's the, very tight. the Senate, right? Like, so the, the, we'll see what happens there. But the Senate map is so bad for the Democrats right now. You have uh, everywhere from Arizona to uh, Nevada to um, uh, 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 um, Ohio, Montana, um, West Virginia, West Virginia uh, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan. Um, you're talking about, and Republicans are starting at 49, right? So the Republicans start at 49, the Democrats have 51. If the Republicans take half of the battleground seats, by the way, there's New Mexico's out there. Uh, you've got Minnesota out there as a possibility. The Democrats Even are worried Maryland, about New Mexico. Right? Like the, the, and, well, Maryland is, and this is something where like, I took a lot of guff from conservatives say, when I said, when I said, you know, Larry Hogan running is a good thing for Republicans, I said, this guy's anti-Trump. Excuse me. If the Democrats have to pour money into a blue state like Maryland, 
right? The end of a candidate the opening who polls, by the recently way, have won, 20 points. A candidate who is very popular in the state of Maryland, a seat that you're essentially taking off yeah. the Democrats' plate, that's a number on the Republican side. Now, is this, this is not the same calculus as a Mitt Romney in Utah because Utah is a rock-red state. Right. In a blue state like Maryland, if you can get a Republican who can win— I don't care what win, you have to say or do to win if great. you're a Republican in Maryland I and you can great. win statewide. So no, the, I'm not saying I'm going to be like right. running around campaigning for the guy, right. but— Right. Same thing. But the point is that the uh, if Republicans are able to take even half of those states that I listed out— and there's a few others out there, too, that I'm forgetting off the top of my head. But the point is that if Republicans are able to take even half of those, you're looking out of 54, 55, 56 seats. Uh, 56 for, seats right, for Republicans, so Republicans in the could, Senate. Right. If Now, if the polling numbers keep getting worse for the Democrats at the presidential level uh, and, and down ticket as a result of that, uh, then you're going to start to see this panic that you're already talking about get even worse among Democrats. That's when they really start saying, okay, that's when a document about the 25th Amendment starts circulating among cabinet members. Right. That's when they start saying you, you have a couple cabinet members or Democrat senators out there saying uh, we're, we're, you know, we're seriously considering getting rid of them or moving on to somebody else. Uh, because the, the fact is, is that if Republicans can get the White House back with Trump winning and to close to or at 60 seats in the Senate, which is not outside the realm of possibility uh, with all of these down ticket races, if it's going to be a total blowout at the presidential level, that's when they're going to really panic. I, I got to just pick up on what you said there. Imagine if one year from today we're sitting in Washington, D.C., Donald Trump is the president and the Senate has a 54 seat majority on the Republican side. If you can maintain at least a close to what we have on the House side, you're talking about a very serious mandate that President Trump could have going into that. And some of those races, we're coming up on a quick break. Some of those races I want to ask you about as well, because Arizona, Pennsylvania, these are places that could be heavy lifts. Arizona's got a weird thing going on this year with the three race. And so Carrie Lake, we love her. But of course, it's going to be very, very tricky. I think they're strong headwinds. I do say they're strong headwinds. And we know that we here at CPAC 2024 are going to do everything we can to lift those wins into the Patriot sales going into 2024. CPAC is where it begins. We'll be right back with more Human Events Daily. You know, they talk about influencers. These are influencers, and uh, they're friends of mine. Jack Rusovic. Where's Jack? Jack. He's done a great job. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back here live. CPAC 2024, Gaylord National Harbor, Washington, D.C. I'm here with Matt Boyle of Breitbart News. Real quick, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors today, Moinkbox. Let me tell you something. I'm the kind of guy who likes knowing where my food comes from. And with Moinkbox, that place is the small family farms from all across this great nation. You can help save the family farm and get access to the highest quality meat on earth when you join the Moink movement today. Moinkbox runs their business from a town of 97 people in Newark, Missouri. They're helping save our traditions, our values, and helping save rural America with every order. This, we're talking grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, sustainable wild-caught Alaskan salmon straight to your door. And you choose the meat. Look, I choose what I get delivered every day, you know, to our, or every month, I guess, in our box at the Poso household. We're talking ribeyes, 
chicken breast, pork chops, salmon fillets, the best bacon. I got to say, kudos, by the way, to the production staff, because the last time I ran one of these ads was on a Friday in Lent. And so, of course, I couldn't eat any of the meat that I was talking about. And it was driving me absolutely nuts. Look, but today, oh, yeah, I'm going all in. So support American farmers by signing up moinkbox.com slash poso right now. And the Human Events audience, I kid you not, do you want a year of free bacon? Yes, we're offering a year of free bacon. Moinkbox.com, promo code POSO. The best bacon you'll ever taste. Limited time only. Moinkbox.com slash POSO. And, of course, use promo code POSO. Matt Boyle, before we left, we were talking about swing states. What's your prognosis? Two of the ones that are very, very front of mind for me, uh, Kerry Lake in Arizona and what appears to be Dave McCormick in Pennsylvania. Yeah, look, I mean, they're both going to be uphill battles in both the presidential race and the Senate race. These are states that went Republican in 2016. They went Democrat in 2020. Uh, so they're, I mean, they're the the purplest purple of purple states that purpular. they are. I say yeah, purpular. They're purpular, right? Like, I mean, they are battlegrounds if there ever were ones. Uh, there are a lot of good signs out of both Arizona and Pennsylvania right now in the polling data. I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but the latest polls out of both places show Donald Trump leading Joe Biden in both Pennsylvania and Arizona. Uh, the Senate race, the Senate candidates tend to trail a little bit behind uh, in terms of the Republican candidates. Nobody uh, polls like Trump. Right, right, exactly. So Trump leads everybody. And so if Trump wins by two or three, maybe four percent in both of these places, uh, then I think he drags both McCormick and Kerry Lake across the well, finish it's, line. What's interesting, because what you're talking about, essentially, is that Donald Trump's got coattails. Joe Biden's got, I don't, we don't have a word for it, he's got rat tails. He's got anchors. He's got anchors. Right? Like, Absolute anchors, yeah. this guy is, for them up and down so the ballot. So I, I call it the unholy alliance. I've called it this for years, uh, yeah. dating back to 2016. Donald Trump and the Republican candidates for Senate won every single battleground state in 2016, as long as the Republican Senate candidate stood with Trump all the way through election day. Uh, in any of the states... With, with where, Pat Toomey, it took a little coercion. Right, but he did. shotgun he wedding. He did not unendorse. The did two not. states were the Republican Senate candidates unendorsed. Kelly Ayotte in New Hampshire uh, and uh, Joe Heck in Nevada are the two states that both the Republican Senate candidate and... Trump lost those states. And so Nevada those were the people Hampshire. who unendorsed after Access Hollywood weekend. Correct. Yes. And so as long as the Republican candidates stick with Trump and they stick together, they bring different voters to the team. Right. So the, the establishment Republican Senate candidates and Trump, they bring different voters to turn out. And so if they stick together all the way through November, I think they all win together. Now, immediately after this program yesterday, yeah. Laura Trump gave a speech, and we carried it live, yeah. down in South Carolina, where she gave a full-throated endorsement and said that if she is, uh, is elected, it is an election, yeah. the co-chair of the RNC, that one of the things that she's going to put front and center, early voting and ballot operations. And I know every time I bring this up, people get, people get very upset about it. They say, I hate it. I don't like it. I don't want to do ballot operations. I don't want to do early voting. And what I say is, look, if the other side is bringing 2,000 mules, then we have to bring 10,000. Yeah, no, 100%. That's the point. Uh, th how many close elections have we seen uh, that, uh, you know, there was a snow day on the just election? Just like Santos. We literally just, just saw it, right? We saw it in Nevada. Uh, so I was in Nevada on election night, 2022. Uh, it's the one state in the union where Republicans flipped the governor's mansion from Democrat control into yes. Republican hands. 
The Senate race didn't go as well. It was close. It was real close. But they ran two different campaigns. The governor uh, candidate, uh, Joe Lombardo, Lombardo. Uh, uh, ran, uh, and he's now the governor of Nevada, uh, was very focused on Las Vegas, uh, whereas you had Laxalt, who's a great guy, right, the former attorney general uh, of, 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 of Nevada, was very focused on Reno and the upper parts of the state, uh, and it snowed on election day. And people didn't turn out, right, at, at the numbers that they needed. Now, they got real, real, real close. But guess what? If those people put their ballots in early, then we wouldn't have had anything to worry about. We'd have 50 Republican seats in the U.S. Senate right now, not 49. Uh, and we'd be building from getting, there. Getting your ballot in yeah. early is like an insurance policy. Yes. It's an insurance policy over something that comes up, whether it be weather, whether it be Health. traffic, yeah. whether it be uh, yesterday. I was, I was almost late for the show because I was dealing with, you know, a sick kid at home yep. right there are things that happen that come up in your day think of it as money in the bank too because yep. that money that's in now it's in there now you have more time to go and work and get other people voting look do i want to return to one man one vote paper ballots uh, same and, day and same day voting yeah. of course 100 percent. i don't think that you should i don't like policy wise i don't think you should be able to vote or, you know, vote absentee unless you are, are seriously ill, like in the hospital in the and can't leave yeah. or in the military like I was when I was deployed. Right. No, 100 percent. And by the way, President Trump agrees with you on this. I've talked to him about this at length, too. He the, again, the, the fact is, is that we have to play by the rules as they exist right now until we get to a place where we can change the rules. How do you get to a place where you can change the rules? You have to win, right? You win, then you can change the rules, right? Like, but we can't change the rules right now because the Democrats control Everything, at least right. at the and, federal And you level. look at those states that yeah. you just mentioned, Arizona, yeah. Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin. Each of those four Democrat has a governor. Democrat governor right now. Right, so we can't change it. So when you want to change it, you need to elect a Republican governor and Republican legislatures. Uh, and you need to I was have about to say Georgia. I was about to say Georgia, but that's right. that's kind of a jump ball. Brian uh, <laughs> <laughs> Kemp, oh my gosh. Yeah. No, I have my moments with that guy. I'm like, uh, Brian, can yeah. we just, can I get one investigation, like a serious can you, can criminal please investigation? Please do something about Fonnie Willis. Fonnie Willis. Please, Governor like, Kemp, like, do something about like, her. Like, like, like it's, it's, it's so, an AG Moot is, it's no, no, Fonny, AG Carr, excuse me, AG Carr, yeah, Fonnie, Fonnie. Yeah, so AG yeah. Carr, by the way, down in Georgia, who wants to run for governor of Georgia, if he wants to cross the street, and run for governor, then I would say to AG Carr that the easiest thing, the easiest way to do that would be open up a, con a criminal investigation into Fannie Willis and the RICO operation that she was running with Nathan Wade. It's as simple as that. But it's very clear to me what's going on there. You've got the Southern Plantation Lords who don't want to go into this because of politics. Wait, I mean, I, honestly, like, it's, it's, it's clear as day that what was going on there is wrong, right? Like, and so, um, and by the way, she literally campaigned on, she wanted, she was saying out there saying during the campaign that people wanted a, a, a district attorney that wasn't having sex with their staffers. Amazing. Sorry, sorry. I, I want to ask, like, by Governor the way, Kemp so, so there's, definitely do something about the, 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 I love the story, too, that thousands of dollars in cash that she just keeps around the house and that's how she reimburses her partner in crime. That's, a, that's apparently a normal Democrat which thing. Is Have you heard of my they, friend, they, Senator they, Menendez? Right, so they say it's, yeah, exactly, right? Well, no, that was gold, yeah. Egyptian gold bars. Yeah. And, and cash. And cash. Yeah. And so, so my question is then, has anyone asked Letitia James if it's, a, if it's just a cultural thing that, did you, you know, Ms. James, uh, Tish, do you keep thousands of dollars in, in unmarked bills lying around the mansion? Well, I mean, again, they have a U.S. senator who's a Democrat from New Jersey who, 
clearly did. He had 480 grand in cash. I don't have 480 grand in cash laying around my house. I don't know if anybody else does. But the the, the fact is, uh, the whole thing is just absurd and crazy. And and again, people are right to clamor to demand that their elected officials do something about this. Uh, and they should be calling them. They should be pressuring them. Uh, they the, the, when we sh- when we report news about this on Breitbart, when you guys do here, uh, uh, the. the Share the stories. Go out there and tell people yes. about it. And show people. Don't just tell them. Uh, and I think that if you do that, then we can begin to turn things around. And I'll, I'll give homework to everybody here at CPAC. While you're here, network. Meet people. Exchange phone numbers. Exchange Instagrams. To get in chat groups. Do yeah. all of those things to keep this energy moving forward. Because we got, look, I know the election is coming up, but we have a long time. We actually have a long time. Things seem good right now. Guess what? Things seemed good early in 2020, too. Yes. You remember that? We all thought that he was cruising. We thought that Trump was easily going to be reelected. Then all of a sudden, the China virus hits. We, all, we get all the lockdowns. Actually, COVID was one of the first places yep. that got hit with that right here in this very building yep. four years ago. And now we're back. And so, you know, talking about historical symmetries, we're back in this building. We're back where we should be. CPAC is back to Washington, D.C., where it should be. And people say, why do you have CPAC in Washington, D.C.? And I, and you know, when that city is such a swamp and it's so full of pestilence. To be and fair, we are just outside Washington. We are outside. We're, we're outside. in National you know, Harbor, which is beautiful. I'm but, making yeah. a thematic point here, okay? A thematic <laughs> point, Boyle. And so the, my thematic point is that we are here in the swamp to drain the swamp and then eventually raise the swamp to the ground and construct the new American Republic on its ashes. Yeah, well, look, I mean, the, I, do you think the deep state people that all live in around Washington, D.C. and the DMV, right, like, uh, you know, the, uh, D.C., Maryland, Virginia, oh, they don't notice all these they're conservatives terrified. around? Of course they they're do. They see you this. guys, right? They, they're scared of you guys, right? Like, they're scared of the people that come to this conference because they know that it's the people that come to this conference that give the, the shot uh, for a guy like Trump to come back to the White House and to actually take their power away, right? right. Like, they, so, the people yeah. in that town that you know and I know so well, they want this to not exist. They want all of you to not exist. They want your borders to not exist, and they want to get rid of you. And that's why I say we do need to be here. We do need to plant a flag. Matt Boyle, where can people go to follow you and follow all your reporting? Yeah, just go to Breitbart.com. I'm also on True Social at Real Matt Boyle. All right, Real Matt Boyle. Give it up for Matt Boyle, ladies and gentlemen, who are here. Quick break. After that, we've got a real treat. Angel Studios is going to be joining us right here, talking about their latest release, Cabrini, which is premiering tonight right here at CPAC. Jack, where's Jack? Where is he? Jack, I want to see you. Great job, Jack. Thank you. What a job you do. You know, we have an incredible thing. We're always talking about the fake news and the bad, but we have guys, and these are the guys that be getting Pulitzer's. I was told that you were rejected by three different orders, each time for weakness of constitution. Your holiness, we can serve our weakness or we can serve our purpose, not both. My sisters, if we are to build an empire of hope, it seems we must first conquer New York. 
filthy dagos. They just keep coming. Mio papà si è suicidato. E mia mamma è morta di tifo. In America, the greatest nation on earth. Rats have it better than the children of five points. It's not safe. Not for you. Be careful. This place will eat you alive. <laughs> Doctors tell me five years. Five would be a miracle. In that case, I should get to work. I need an orphanage with more room, where my children can be children. I'd like you to keep your crime and your filth out of this neighborhood. The mayor will find a way to get you out. You have an election coming up, do you not? I believe I'm being threatened by a nun. You have swatted the hornet's nest. Get out, Dagon! Go! I hold the best hospital for your people and for mine. Have to show America we are all people of dignity. This project is overly ambitious, perhaps unrealistic. We are bold, or we die. This is how I learned to live in America. Cabrini, you would have made an excellent man. All right, Jack Posobiec back live here. Human Events Daily, CPAC 2024. That was the trailer for the latest release from Angel Studios, all about Mother Cabrini, one of the greatest women to ever walk the face of the earth. And it's coming out on International Women's Day. Can you believe it or not? We've got the folks here that made the film from Angel Studios, Jordan Harmon and Andre Severino, the producer of the film. Guys, what made you, and, and I have to say, look, as, 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 a, as a Roman Catholic, as someone who grew up in the Philly area where we have Cabrini College, Mother Cabrini is so incredibly important to us, the first U.S. citizen to become a canonized saint. Uh, this is someone, and also, by the way, just to, you know, I'm not Italian myself, but growing up in Philly with so many Italians that she is just, you know, it goes like, it's like for Italians that I'm, you know, I grew up with, it was like Christopher Columbus and then Mother Cabrini, <laughs> you know what I mean? What, what made you, you know, tell me the story of how the film came to be. Well, sure. Thank you so much, Jack, for having us. And uh, like you, I'm Catholic, but unlike you, I had no idea about Mother Cabrini. I didn't know who she was wow. uh, at all because I just wasn't exposed to her as a kid. And when uh, the executive producer, Eustace Wolfington, who funded our first film, Bella, um, was also an executive producer on Sound of Freedom, when he approached me about this story, I thought, okay, it's, it's going to be a film about a 19th century nun that no one really knows. And he's kind of like, you have a little faith. And then he, he explained to me, sent me a couple books on her life. And when I saw this incredible underdog story and the strength and the determination and the faith of this woman that touched millions of lives, changed countless of, uh, people, and no one knows her name, I thought, we better, we better do something about this. And it's, this is a great example of how you've taken someone who's not just a, a Christian hero, but also an American hero, someone whose name and face and story touched the lives of so many, and yet because Hollywood isn't going to make a movie about her, because we're not, I'm sure no one's going to bring her up on International Women's Day, though, of course, you are <laughs> counter-programming that, and we're doing it right now. This is a great, 
American immigrant too, by the way, uh, in addition to all these things. Like she checks every box that you're supposed to check and yet they won't talk about her. But when Mother Cabrini, when she passed, her, what, there was a, a requiem mass for her that was held and sold. It was so big in Chicago. They had to, they had to get out Soldier Field with 100,000 people actually in attendance when she passed at this mass. That's how powerful she was to not just, again, not just the Catholics, not just all Christians, but just to the people of this nation. Jordan, tell me something about how, how through this film you intend to impact culture, because I know that's so important for Angel Studios. 100%. And, and one of the things, like our mission is to tell stories that amplify light. And obviously Leo and, 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 and the director, Alejandro Monteverde, they, they have done such a good job of encompassing this incredible woman. And by the way, just, just to say, that we, uh, not to let it pass, this is the same director as Sound of Freedom. 100%, yes. And he, and he stepped it up a level. Like for those who love Sound of Freedom, you're going to absolutely love Cabrini. Right, because Sound of Freedom, that was, that was made years ago. Yes, That was made a long, long time ago, and it sat on the shelf until Angel was able to come along and kind of resurrect it. Yes, and so this story shows incredible feats of the power of one, the power of an individual who was sickly, told she would die in a matter of years. She ended up building an empire of hope bigger than the Rockefellers or anybody that we've heard of today. And, and she did it without waiting for government to come solve her problems, without waiting for, you know, assistance. She said, one of the quotes in the movie that I love is she says, begin the mission and the means will come. And it's, it is such an incredible story. And as you watch the film, you're going to realize that there, everything the film is talking about are all the things that we're addressing today, but in bigger magnitudes. This film has the potential to heal a broken world and it does it through love, and it is such an incredible movie. My wife and I finished watching it, and my wife said, this is the, my favorite thing that Angel Studios has ever done. You know, and I have to say it too, again, coming from, I, so I grew up Archdiocese of Philadelphia, and I was Catholic school the whole way through, and one thing that we had, we still had nuns in the schools, and we still had very strong religious orders, both male and female, and so on the female side, you had the nuns, but this is something that their numbers have been diminishing so much. And even when you go into Catholic schools and the Catholic school system still exists, again, outside of government, and it exists as a way, as you know, essentially you can have for that private schooling, which right now it's, it's so important to have a religious-based school because it's a bastion in, um, amidst this sea of, of secular insanity that's going on right now. And, and I've always found the, the, the nuns and the religious orders to be so important because, as you say, so many of these functions we've turned over to government, whether it be charity, whether it be education. We have this idea that, oh, you pay your taxes, the government will take care of it, the government will take care of it. Well, go and look at what the government has done with these false charities that turn they into... They don't have a great track record. You know, no, not a great track record. <laughs> to bringing kids uh, across the border or indoctrinating children, uh, fueling illegal immigration, all the government money that's gone into that. Whereas we're talking here, what she did totally disassociated from government it was a charity-based community-based organization all based on the love of the lowest in society and putting their needs first and, and she was an immigrant that put our country first she taught the immigrants that came over the importance of learning the language of the country learning the history of the united states and loving this country 
And, and that is such a beautiful story and so important to, for today. In fact, it's, it's reflected in the film, not to give anything away, but some of the cinematography, Gorka, our cinematographer, and Alejandro Mondeveta, our director, had an incredible vision. And one of the subtexts they have in there is kind of the, the story of the immigrant, but in a way that it's meant to be reflexive of the story of everyone in the United States. So there's, there's a lot of use of mirrors. because there's kind of that duality of the immigrant. And I'm the son of, of Colombian immigrants where, you know, your heritage and your background is... Is, is a certain culture, but you're living here in the United States and you kind of have this, this duality to you, yes. and then, but it's a unified image. And that's the beauty of it. It's, it's still one person that's living this experience, you know? She really was able to, to not focus so much on immigration, but on the immigrant, and to do it in a way that was about not only patriotism to the United States, but dignity to the person, which are obviously hand in hand. We're coming up on a quick break, but when we come back, I want, to, I want to, people to understand a little bit more about the system of how Angel chooses movies like this and how people at home, as well as people who are here at CPAC, can get involved. What do you say, folks? Do you want to go to a movie premiere tonight? A little red carpet action, you know? Jordan's going to wear his tux. You got a tux, right? <laughs> Maybe not tux. We'll be right back. Long hours. I'm always listening to Human Events with Jack Posobiec. All right, Jack Posobiec, we're back here. Final segment today here at Human Events Daily. We're with Angel Studios, and the movie is Cabrini. It's all about Mother Cabrini, an immigrant story, a woman's story, a story about charity, a story about helping the less fortunate in society, and doing so with the grace of God because we put our faith in God, not in government. Jordan... Tell me some more about how people can get involved, not just with this film, but really with the Angel Studios mission and the very unique factor and, and feature that you have in order to bring movies to light. And because you guys aren't the ones that choose the movies, are you? That's right. It's one of the things that was really important to us when we started this company is we want to create a company that will last the next 100 or 200 years. And, and I want my children and my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren to be watching content and films that amplify light throughout the world. And so what we did is we basically created what's called the Angel Guild. And it's, it's 250,000 plus people and growing very rapidly who are the gatekeepers to the angel content. So Hollywood has five, ten executives in a room who make these $100 million decisions. And, and they're doing it in their own bubble. They don't understand what the world well, actually and what wants they put anymore. Out is it's it's either junk or it's another sequel. It's all junk or food. It's food. rehashed. There's no substance to it, and if they attempt to put substance to it, it's rotten. It's completely rotten. So you don't have those executives. You have 250. You know, how do you join the Angel Guild? How does that work? Yeah, you can go to angel.com/guild and join the Angel Guild as a member. And as a member, not only are you going to get a green light and see films like Sound of Freedom before everybody else or Cabrini before everybody else and get a vote on whether they should exist in our ecosystem, but you're also going to get two free tickets to every Angel theatrical release, early access to our content, and many, many more perks. And so this process is really critical because it allows for us to truly democratize the content and the film in the world. Nobody else does it like this. Because Nobody you, else does it like and, this. And this is, this is the craziest part. Is like you guys take that decision and then you have to invest in it. Uh, 100%. And you have to put money into this but thing. But we trust that our audience yeah, based all on trust. is actually going to pick better winners than executives ever would. And you can see 
all of our projects from our first original series with the Chosen all the way through <laughs> right. to Sound yeah, so let's, let's, let's go down the list. His, uh, his only <laughs> son and Drybar Comedy and now Cabrini. All these projects, uh, they have shown time and time again that when you listen to your audience, something amazing happens, Jack. They like the content. <laughs> so you, you mentioned to me once off air in a conversation. We met at America Fest. We had dinner. The importance of theater. And so while we know Angel has it's streaming and it's you know it's a rival to Netflix, it's much better than Netflix or any of those other you know series out there. We definitely don't have to talk about those platforms. And we, and we all know the, the issues with Netflix. It's like Netflix and Google AI. I feel like they're all made by the same people, right? Because <laughs> it's all the same the same output. But but with Angel. You did something, and you, I believe you started this with episodes of The Chosen, when new seasons would come out and you would go into theaters. And then Sound of Freedom, I remember when, when you guys started coming around, and I said, okay, is it streaming? Because I know Angel, he said, no, it's not streaming, it's theaters. Why did you put so much importance on theater? So the theaters is a really unique environment. There's actually one of the writers of one of our TV shows, the books, it's called The Wingfeather Saga. His name's Andrew Peterson. And he basically wrote an article that says, the sacrament of the of the cinema and the principle behind this was is that when you get a group of people communally experiencing something like sound of freedom or cabrini and they're basically you know removing all distractions your cell phones anybody like all yes. these distractions have been removed and so you are fully engaged with the content that you're watching the film that you're watching that has the greatest impact on the hearts and minds of the world and what people don't realize is this is a $750 billion industry. $50 billion of that is in the theaters. $700 billion of that is in streaming. But the $50 billion from theaters actually moves the whole rest of the industry. Everything is predicated on that tip of the spear. And so if you go to angel.com slash Cabrini, you're able to get tickets right now for March 8th. This film, we already in 2,500 theaters across the nation, growing to 3,000 very quickly. And it's selling out across the nation just like Sound of Freedom did, which is really, really exciting. But it shows when people buy their tickets early the importance of films like this and stories like this. Because this, although it is the story of a Catholic nun, I'm not Catholic and I love this film. This film is absolutely empowering. I walked out of a screening with someone who said, this movie is everything Barbie should have been. This film mm. shows our children and our daughters exactly how to be an incredible person and actually influence the world as an individual versus being a victim of the world. Maybe, maybe we can get Taylor Swift to go see Cabrini <laughs> and post about it on I Instagram. She, I think she would love it. No, no. So people said I was being mean to Taylor Swift. I'm not, I love Taylor Swift. I, I, want, I say we should welcome her in, but we want to show her kind of the other side, the other side of the aisle, what's going on. You know, she grew up right down the street from me. Come on, Taylor. You're not far from Cabrini College, too. I know you know it. Let's go see Cabrini And together. there are people on both sides of the aisle that are loving this film. Mariah Carey licensed one of her songs for one of the trailers of Cabrini. Wait, wait. Mariah Carey, Mariah Carey is on board. She loves the project. You had Shania Twain license a song for this film because this film, the way Leo and Alejandro did this, it speaks to everyone. It touches every what, what soul could be and every heart. What's controversial about someone who ga literally gave her life and her time and her energy to others? Yeah, you're exactly right. And to that point, I'm so grateful for Angel Studios because they are being a light in the darkness in Hollywood, and they're given a platform for producers who want to make content that actually advances the culture towards light and truth. By the way, we have we just about a minute left, but yeah. I, I have to throw out. 
was got a little busy over the holiday season, Christmas season. I didn't get a chance to see the shift in theaters, but that just hit streaming. We watched it a couple of days ago, and I'll tell you, I was in tears at the end of Sound of Freedom. I was in tears at the end of Shift. I do think I would say the Shift, if you watch that as a father, it, it hits you in a certain way because it's, it's your deepest, darkest fear come to life and you're faced with it. But then it shows you that the only way, and you have to understand the only way to get through that is through accepting God and accepting God's will. And that film, it, it's incredible. So it's, it's like, man, you guys do Sound of Freedom. You blow it out. You break all the records. Then you do Shift. Now you're back here with Kirby. You don't stop over there, do you? <laughs> we don't You, know, sleep you don't a take lot. like a, a break and rest on your laurels One of the things in the movie that Cabrini says is she tells her, all the people she's working with is she says, we can rest when we're in, when we're in heaven. And, and there is something special about saying, when you're doing something that you know is impacting the world and you can see that real world impact, entertainment is what influences culture for the next 20, 30 years. And so all the things that are happening here, it's amazing. It's great. We should participate. What Angel Studios is doing is some of the most important cultural work that's being done in the country and really in the world right now. Go and support them. Angel Studios. Folks here, seat back. You know the show, Human Events Daily. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you, you have my permission to lay ashore.